Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Mike Smith Show podcast. This is your one-stop shop for all the latest happenings in BC. From breaking news and developing stories to giving the big headlines a closer look, the Mike Smith Show is here to keep you dialed in and up to date. Let's begin. Good morning to you. This is Mike Smith. We start today with the residents of the Cedar Lane Motel in Surrey. Now, this is a story we brought you a few weeks ago. This is an old, rundown motel. It's been operating as long-term rental apartments for many, many years. This place is an absolutely deplorable condition. And I got Trevor Halford standing by to discuss. This is unbelievable what the people who are living in this apartment unit in Surrey have been going through. No heat for two years. No hot water the last two months. Are you kidding me? I spoke to Dawn McKay about it. She is an 11-year resident of this facility. Here's what she had to say to me a couple of weeks back. This is absolute despicable treatment to you know people that are just trying to live their lives. Um, you know, in an area that's you know has the one of the highest land values in Canada, um, in in North America, and we're having to beg for heat and hot water. All right, let's discuss the situation now with my guest, Trevor Halford, BC United MLA for Surrey White Rock. And I'm very pleased to welcome him back on this story. Trevor, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me, Mike. Okay, so tell me the situation here now, because when you were on like two or three weeks ago on this, it, it sounds like these people have got no, no one's helping these people out here. What's happening? No, it's absolutely despicable, as, as Don said. And the fact is, is that we've had residents for two years in, uh, in the South Surrey area that have not had heat. And it was uh, through actually seeing on Global News, they saw the story of the Fur House Apartments yeah. and the fact that we were able to, to fight hard and get the uh, landlord to eventually get heat for those tenants there. They approached my office and said, hey, listen, um, we're in really bad shape here. Not only do we not have heat, but we now no longer have hot water. So that's been a huge problem. And one that, uh, you know, I've, I've been on since day one, but, uh, you know, we've got to fight hard to get a remedy here. Yeah, let's listen to a little bit more of Dawn McKay because I am super impressed with her courage here in speaking out. And she said she talked to the owner of the building here about why is there why is there no heat, why is there no hot water. Let's have a listen to what she has to say here. We begged and pleaded, got in touch with the owner um, who actually literally got back to us and said it's too expensive, we're not planning to repair it. And there are primarily... Uh, seniors live here as well as disabled people and it's just utterly shameful yeah the the owner of this place also said something similar to global news about this yesterday that it's too expensive to <laughs> fix the heat and hot water i mean obviously there's no excuse no yeah. if you're a landlord and it's too expensive then you shouldn't be a landlord uh yeah. the fact is is that you know people have the basic necessities the right to have the basic necessities of heat and hot water and if you can't that's the law that, in british columbia it's the law right? yeah. and it's actually built into their lease if you cannot provide that then you're in the wrong business. And in fact, uh, you've got to take a look at yourself in the mirror. These are very courageous people, Dawn, at the top of that list that, um, you know, they've had enough. And and I, I'm going to be in their corner full time on this. And, you know, we need to make sure that, one, we get the housing ministry motivated to do something about this. 
Uh, we've been dealing with the RTB, but we need to make sure that we have every level of government actually realizing that this is a problem and doing something to fix it. Because these people are scared. They've got nowhere to go, and they're worried that they're going to get evicted, which seems to be the case now in this this place. And, you know, for them, they're on fixed incomes, they're on disability, and they're scared. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage like Don and a few others in that in that building had to come and approach me and say, we need help. We can't live like this anymore. And uh, I'm going to fight like hell to make sure that they get what they need. Yeah. Speaking of how they're living there, how are they living there? Because I know you've talked to a lot of the residents there and we were just talking off air about what some people like. How do you get by? You got no heat. You got no hot water. These are these are people that uh, and they're they're really they're they're good people and a lot of them are hardworking people. But but in one case, I, I saw an individual had burn marks up and down their arm, and and they said that's because I've scalded myself. That is because I I don't have access to a bath or a shower. So what I've got to do is I've got to boil water, um, to able to clean myself. And in 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 some cases, I've scalded my arm. And that's not a way to live. It's not a way to live to have to heat up your your unit with a toaster oven. Like these 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 people do not deserve this. And again, and I I know that the the owner of the building has said um, that it's too costly to fix. Well, that's not good enough. If 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 these people are going to give you their money every month, they deserve the basic necessities that's built into that life, and they deserve some respect and dignity. Yeah. Speaking of the owner, let's have a listen to what he has to say here. So his name is Cam Daw. He's the owner of this Cedar Lane Motel. He spoke yesterday to Global News reporter Janet Brown. She just asked him, what, what is going on here? L- listen carefully to what he says here, because he says, oh, it's too expensive. Have a listen. We already told the tenants that uh, there are some parts issues with the, with the property, and those parts are in the process of getting it. So they should and expect to have their hot water and heat back on soon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When? I can check the ETA on the parts that have been ordered. Yeah, as you heard him say off the top there, oh, I told the tenants there's a cost issue here. Like, don't tell them that. Don't yeah. tell them there's a cost issue. Just get the heat back on. Get the hot water back on. Your thoughts? No, I don't. I don't buy any of it, and I haven't. Uh, the fact is, two years and now you've gotten a recall from an MLA, and you've got a call from uh, from a reporter, and now you're going to be motivated to fix it. What about the people that lived in that building? What about the cost to them to not even be able to have a proper shower uh, in over two months? What about the cost is that they have to go to bed with jackets on because they can't they can't uh, provide proper heat for themselves? So no, I don't buy any of it. And you know what? This is an absolute despicable act here. And I am going to go landlord by landlord in my riding when I see these cases and I'm calling them out one by one. Yeah, because this, <laughs> there have been a lot of these. Uh, you've, you've uncovered a lot of these type of situations, right? And I've got more. I've got yeah. people now emailing me in and in my riding saying, we need help. We're in the same boat. And like I said a couple minutes ago, people are scared because they've got nowhere to go because yeah. they're paying rent that uh, in some cases is... Uh, can be low, but it's high for them, but it may be low for others. Um, and they, people know that if they move out, that the next person that's moving in is going to be paying instead of 900 probably $1,700 for that unit. And so they're scared to speak up, but that does not mean that they have to live their life uh, without some of the basic, basic necessities of heat and hot water. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Speaking of Trevor Halford, BC United MLA, Surrey, White Rock, talking about that apartment in Surrey here. The former motel, the Cedar Lane Motel. This thing looks like ancient and just run down. It you is. Know? It is. And actually, I, I did talk to Mayor Locke uh, when this first happened. And, and to the city of Surrey's credit, they sent bylaw officers out right away. 
Uh, I spoke with her again a couple of days ago, and again, they're sending bylaw officers out to make sure that the property is, if there's anything they can do in that instance. But it is really a provincial issue. When you look at the issue of housing and, and the Ministry of Housing and the RTB, um, that is where we've got to make sure that, you know, they're paying attention to this and they're not leaving people in a situation because they do have the ultimate hammers to bring down uh, with these landlords. To say, what could they do? What kind of hammer do they got? Well, I I think probably fines. I think that, you know, when you're looking at when you have hearings in front of the RTP like they've had, um, and now they're facing eviction notices, uh, you know, they have the ability to levy, um, I think, substantial fines to make sure that this stuff is getting done and fixed in a proper way. And if if not, then there's got to be serious consequences. Right. And the eviction notices are because the the owner says the place is going to get torn down and redeveloped. Okay, show show me the permit. And uh, he's he's given them all four months uh, to end their tenancy based on uh, what he calls a, a permit received for uh, for demolition. Um, okay, but uh, you know I'm not saying that he doesn't have the permit, but I haven't seen it yet. So um, I think that's important, and uh, I hope that he can produce that because the tenants deserve that. Um, and so far, I, nobody's seen it. Yeah, and speaking of um, when you got no heat, no hot water, and you mentioned that specifically in their lease that they're supposed to have heat and hot water. Just in my own research here on, on the residential tenancy laws in British Columbia, it doesn't even have to be in the lease, right? I mean, it's automatic. I mean, it's just automatic under the law. You can't rent a place out with no heat, no hot water. Yeah. Correct? It's, it's, it, yes, and it's basic common sense that if, you, yeah. if you're taking, uh, if, if you're renting something that you have access to heat and hot water and, um, I, you know, I think for a lot of us, we just assume as we drive by these places, even if they are run down, that people are living in those conditions where they have access to heat and hot water. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure anymore. And I know for a fact, a lot of them don't, a lot of them are in my riding. And like I said, is I, I welcome the feedback. If people are in those situations, call me and I will step up and I will make sure that we fight hard to get you what you need because you, you deserve it. And not only do you deserve it, 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 it is, it is, it is a right that you are entitled to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's have another listen to Don McKay here, one of the tenants here, bravely speaking out on the show here a couple of weeks ago. I'm Let's lucky. listen. I have a support system, but there's a lot of these people that are just withering away in their units, feeling like there's there's no um, light at the end of the tunnel, and are you know just getting very depressed and very upset. Yeah, she's lived there for 11 years, and I was super impressed with her about how articulate she is in describing the situation. As she mentioned there, she said she has some support networks. She can, she has a place she can go to get like a shower and that kind of thing, right? Not everybody does who are, that's living in this building, right? No, there's a lot of people that actually can't even leave the building uh, unless they have accessible transit. So a lot of people are confined to their their space, and it's a fairly small space, but it's their space. It's where they have their, you know, they may have a small pet, but it's where they have their belongings. It's it's where they should be feeling safe, but it's again where they should be having the access to the basic rights of heat and hot water. And they should be able to be having a landlord that they can rely on when something goes wrong, that somebody steps up and fixes it. But two years, are you kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And I I can't, I I can't fathom what these people have gone through. So where does this go now? Last question for you. What's the next step here now? Well, the next step is I'll, I'll be talking directly to the ministry of housing. We've been dealing with the RTB, but I'll be having a very direct conversation with the minister to see how we make sure that this does not happen again, because I can assure you, um, again, I've got people reaching out in my riding that says that they've, they're in a similar case, and I'm going to go landlord by landlord until we get this fixed. Okay, I look forward to getting an update from you on that. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. 
Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, let's talk about the situation in Surrey schools right now. Man, Surrey schools is bursting at the seams here. We've got overcrowded schools everywhere. We've got portables everywhere. Now look what the district has to do. Some uh, extreme action we've got to take here. The plan now for a staggered school start day. So you will have staggered times, kids going to class at different times in high schools. About a third of the high schools in Surrey will be affected by this. I got Cindy Dalglish standing by to discuss this. First, have a listen to Gary Timoshuk here from the Surrey School Board here. We're going to um, add one extra block a day. So right now there's four blocks throughout the course of a day and we'll add a fifth. So we may start eight-ish and may go till three-ish. <laughs> okay, we may start eight-ish, finish around three-ish. Yeah, this is interesting. Let's discuss it now with my guest, Cindy Dalglish. Cindy is an education advocate, and especially in the city of Surrey, and I'm always grateful for her time. Cindy, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate it. What do you think of this plan here? We can sort of see this one coming, right? It had been on the table for a while, and it looks like they're actually going to do it now. Yeah, I mean, if I was to say about all the different ideas that they've come up with, uh, to try to manage within the budgets that they are that are imposed upon the district, I would call this the best of the worst ideas. <laughs> okay, the best of yeah. the worst. No, not ideal, but there's got to be some concerns here. I mean, this is going to be. I mean, it, it may not be convenient for a lot of parents. Yeah, if if you have multiple kids on different schedules, oh. it will definitely have an impact. If uh, your children are involved in sports or uh, external activities, it's going to impact that. Um, The disruption is also going to be not only to the kids, but also to the staff and the expectations on an already over um, taxed uh, staff is is it's just adding it's adding to the pile. But I don't feel like the district has much choice because we're not funding education properly in this province and Surrey being one of the biggest district, it impacts it the most there. Yeah. And that's uh, certainly the argument that Gary Timoshuk is making here from the Surrey school board. And let's listen to this clip, Cindy, for your thoughts. And you'll hear him admit here that parents, a lot of parents don't like this plan, but what are you going to do? Let's have a listen. So far, like we expected, uh, parents are not overly happy about this. We had no choice. So yes, uh, but there are no other options. Okay, so he says parents yeah. are not happy, but we have no choice. Your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. 100% yeah. agree with that. 
Um, I'm starting to see posts and, and things like on the local Facebook pages and in social media about how this is going to impact kids. And, you know, people just, again, they're, they're wondering why education isn't a priority in this province. It's, it's doesn't seem to matter which party is in power. It seriously just is not an issue that a government seems to want to to deal with. They don't, yeah. we're, it, it, I think healthcare and education are the biggest spends so if we're going to spend the money, let's spend the money and make sure that we're supporting students properly. They won't pull data. They won't capture data that shows when education isn't fulsome, what the impacts are to society later. But if the opioid crisis is any indication, um, we might see a little bit of correlation there. Uh, if you see homelessness and poverty issues and lack of education, uh, disabilities, all of that plays a role in our education system. And when we're supporting the system properly, it really does impact the financial uh, ramifications later on. It does seem like this, the system is not adequately anticipated the demands or the number of students that would be going to Surrey schools. Uh, why do you think that is? I mean, is it because like the federal government, is this mostly immigration driven? I mean, we've got such huge immigration targets and uh, so many new Canadians coming to Canada and many of them want to live in British. They want to live in Metro Vancouver. They want to live in Surrey. Is that what's driving this? We get so many new Canadians coming here and that's what's filling up the schools. I would say it's a factor. I don't think yeah. it, it. that's that's not the only thing. I mean, regardless if we have immigration or or other areas of the province or Canada wanting to come here into Surrey, we have we are a huge landmass so developers see the opportunity to build communities they're responsible for one portion of that which is building the homes or the you know the capital infrastructure for businesses we need our cities and our province to also build the infrastructure that goes in line with that housing so yeah. for example right now if a townhouse complex is being built the district and or city, I don't even know who's who does this anymore, whose responsibility, because they both just point at each other. Um, who is responsible for saying how many kids are expected from this development project? Right. And say it's a t say it's 100 townhouses. They're maybe only projecting three or four kids, but that's only on day one. That's the day that everyone's moving in. They're not looking at the parent, the people that are going in there. They're they're settling in. They're having families. Those kids are going to go to school, and and then kids that are moving in that are already in schools and are transferring in from different districts or different catchment areas. They're not accounting for any of that. They're accounting for day one only, and that is a bigger issue. I would also say the amount of um, and I I'm not opposed to having the the basement suites but there are a lot of unlicensed uh, or whatever the word is basement suites in surrey and we need them so yep. i understand that but they're not accounted for in the taxes that we uh take in and the numbers of the people that are in there are not accounted for our school well, systems either and and that particular pressure point is going to increase because we've got a government now that's moving forward with provincially mandated yeah. density plans and we're going to yeah, have fourplexes sixplexes in a lot of these single family neighborhoods at least that's the plan yeah story's already there though like i don't see the i see the provincial 
impact in other areas, Langley being one of them. Um, mm. But Surrey, Surrey's kind of already going that way. Um, I would say there's going to be some impact, but it's probably not going to be as huge as for other uh, other cities. But it does play a role. And if unless and that was one of my questions to Ravi Kalon was. Okay, so how are you as housing minister working with the Ministry of Education and the Ministry of Advanced Education, because we also need more teachers and support staff in order to school and educate these people. So yeah. we don't have the staffing. So I don't even know how this the whole staffing is going to work with the semester extra sem um, uh, block, not semester. How is that going to work with the current staffing when we're already way, way understaffed. Um, can't even tell you how many times substitutes are in there uh, because they were never able to fill a position. So they've got a roving uh, number of, of substitutions coming in. Um, so there's already there's already issues. It's not just about capital building. There's so much more to this than than just building a school. Yeah, for sure. And they do seem to have done a poor job of planning or anticipating what's happening. I mean, we see brand, literally brand new schools in Surrey or even maybe a year or two old, and they've already got portables going up outside a brand new school. I mean, you could have built the school bigger to begin with if we had been thinking ahead, right? Let me play another clip here for you. Speaking of portable, Cindy, I'm really interested in your thoughts on this. Let's have a listen before, to... Before before, yeah. before you do, though, yes. I just want to hit on that point. It, sure. There's nothing more infuriating as a parent when you show up to a board meeting and they're showing the design and the plans for a new school property. And they are saying, here's where the building is, this is where the gym will be, and this is where the portables will go <laughs> later on. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> they're plan they're planning ahead for the portables already. Speaking yeah. to Cindy yeah. Dalglish, Cindy is an education advocate. We're talking about Surrey schools bursting out the seams here. Let's have a listen to the president of the Surrey Teachers Association, Jatinder Beer, and she talks here about these extended school hours in some Surrey high schools and not happy about it. Have a listen. I would rather put portables in and modules than extend the days which is a disruption to all. Okay, she would rather have more portables than have kids going to school at 8 o'clock in the morning or staying later at school. What do you think of that? Yeah, I... I hmm. I agree and I disagree. So I would say I agree from the sense that uh, in terms of, you know, the hours of the day, that the lack of disruption would be better if we had yeah. more modulars and or portables. Um, but I, I'm so vehemently opposed to adding more portables versus building net new schools um, and not because of the portables. I don't think our schools need to be bigger. I think we need more schools. The bigger the school, mm. the more impact to the school community. Kids are getting lost. There's less kids getting onto the basketball team because there's just that many more kids vying for those spots. So we're trying to build communities. We're trying to teach our kids about being part of a society. And here we are making them basically an ant, a speck in a great big school. We need to have more land build up, use the modular uh, buildings, get away from portables because they do not hold their value or value is not the right word, but you know, they can be destroyed a lot quicker. Yeah. Modulars feel more like a school. They're very inexpensive overall. You can build up, you can build uh, hallways, gyms, libraries. You can do all the things you can. We don't need these big fancy schools that we're seeing in South Surrey 
we need functional schools that are comfortable, they're heated, they have mm. potential for air conditioning, they have bathrooms. Like, let's get to the basics, but we can't do that without the funding from the province. All right, we're talking about Surrey schools bursting at the seams here. Cindy Dalglish is my guest. Mark in Surrey on the open line. Hey, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, a couple quick points. The NDP government, since it's been in power recently, has not actually put into plans or build any of the public schools. All the schools that have been built recently were all liberally liberal government planned and built under the former liberal government. So those were all projects that were already in the works. Second point, anytime you put a uh, portable onto the school property, that comes out of each district's school's operating budget. It's not paid for by the province, so guess what? We have to put a new portable on this school. We don't have enough books to buy. We don't have enough money to buy the books for kids and stuff because we have to put another portable out in our parking lot. So those are two points that I don't think a lot of people know. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mark, for that. Cindy, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, number one, um, some of the projects were what the Liberals had been promising for many, many years. Um, but there, it's not true that those are the only ones that have been built or in the process of being built. There, It's been a combination of both parties. Um, my my sentiment being at this point is I don't care who. I, I, I don't care who. <laughs> who cares, uh, who, cares who gets the, credit? I'm tired of yeah. the finger pointing. Just yeah. get it done. And I do like that he provided the context around the operating versus capital. Now they both are funded from the the province. Um, But yes, portables are not coming out of capital funding, like buildings. That's what the capital funding is for. So that comes out of a school school district's operating budget? Yep, the the portables do, but the modulars wouldn't. So the modulars would come out of the capital, which is another reason why we should be moving that direction. Let's go to Derek in Port Moody. Hi, Derek. Go ahead. Good morning. Well, first of all, I agree with Cindy. It's the, it's, it's the best idea of the worst. You've got to add the portables right now. Changing the, uh, changing the, the schedule is not going to work. Secondly, you know, I've said well, for she's, years... Well, she said, change, she said changing the schedule was the best, di- best bad idea. Oh, did she? Yeah, oh, no, I think I you did, right, Cindy? Yeah. 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 Best of the well, worst. I disagree. Okay. I disagree. I think adding the portables would be the better option at this point. And the, the other point I but want to where? make, Mike, is... That would be my question back, is where? Because a lot of these schools are already are, are have already used up all of their land for portables. Well, I mean, if, they, if there's no other choice, I mean, if they've used up all the land, I would say portables first choice, and if there's no option for that, then, then we have no option. We have to go with changing the schedule. Exactly. But, yeah, but that's where my at. other point, my other point is, 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 as you mentioned, building to the future. When I've always said, when they build these schools, why can't you build a school and and say, okay, in ten years from now, we're going to add another level, we're going to add another story, and go one or two stories high. There's a school in in Maple Ridge, a private Christian school that's being built right now. It's three stories high. I mean, hmm. why build all these single lever, big rancher style schools? It doesn't make sense to me. Derek, thank you for the call. Well, I guess how, that's how the modulars work, right, Cindy? Yeah, and I will say the district is is starting to warm up to the whole idea of multiple floors. Even looking at things like, okay, so we might not need the top floor for 
this period of time? Um, is there other ways, other community ways we can use that space in the meantime? Um, so they're, they're starting to get a little bit creative, but kind of going back to the funding, the funding models were per student funding. So a building, doesn't matter how many kids are in it, still needs to have their heating, their water, and all the, the different things that are regardless of how many students are in there. So if a school is okay. not getting all the funding in because they don't have enough students, it does put more financial pressure. So so many nuances, so many things to consider. Squeeze in one more. Don in South Surrey. Don, you got to go quick. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, my idea is quite different, I guess. I'm suggesting that schools stay open 12 months a year. Year-round year round schooling. Cindy, what do you think of that? we got 30 seconds here. Um, being somebody who cares about the staff and the students and wonder how we're going to staff that, I, I don't see that happening. I know that that does happen in different areas of the world, um, okay. and I'm not, I'm not personally opposed to it. I just don't think it'll fly. Cindy, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about the bargain breakfast here that has taken the great city of Prince George by storm. It is at the Om, the Om Pizza Bar and Cafe Restaurant in Prince George. Check out this bargain here. Two eggs, bacon, hash browns, and toast five dollars and 95 cents uh, yeah that's a a full sit down bacon and eggs brekkie for under six bucks i've got the owner of the restaurant amit bindra standing by to discuss first have a listen to some of the happy customers here talking to the cbc here let's have a listen quality uh, stuff nothing cheap and, you, you know, you can't beat six bucks for breakfast. It's awesome. You do a special this time for breakfast. Next month you do burgers. You know, who knows? And they'll keep yeah, their business. Yeah. Try a real dinner next time. Wherever my husband takes me, we usually pay 20 bucks at the minimum for a normal bacon and egg breakfast. So six bucks. It was like, and the hash browns are grilled. I hate deep fried hash browns. Okay, yeah, they got the grilled hash browns going there at the Om restaurant in Prince George. My guest is Amit Bindra. Hi, Amit. Thanks for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome here. This is uh, this is pretty cool. I've been checking out your. Uh, this looks like an awesome breakfast here. So tell me, uh, you must be. You guys are tripping over yourselves, keeping up with the demand here every morning, right? When did this start? Six dollar breakfast. So we actually started on the 1st of February. Uh, we started opening earlier for breakfast. We were open at 11 before, and uh, we're serving our brunch from 11 till 2. But we had a lot of people wanting breakfast, not brunch. So we figured this was a good way to get people in the door right at 9 a.m. rather than kind of waiting for them to slowly, slowly file in. Okay, and how did you come up with the idea of a $5.95 bacon and egg breakfast? Who came up? Was that your idea? Uh, so actually, uh, we had another restaurant uh, in Prince George uh, about 20 years ago it was my family's first restaurant that they opened up and back then it was the same idea but it was a two dollar breakfast and oh. it did the same work it got everybody in the door <laughs> okay so this the idea is to you know you're looking for some publicity here right get some people in the restaurant right for sure yeah 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 okay so 595 so tell me what you get for 595 there so we're doing two eggs any style uh, yeah. three pieces of bacon and it's not paper thin bacon or anything and our uh, grilled hash browns and toast and so it's basically it's the same one that you would get off a regular menu for $18 we're just oh. doing it for the for the 595 yeah 
Okay, it's regularly 18 bucks, and you, we heard in that clip there, yeah, people are saying, well, I normally would pay 20 bucks for this breakfast. Now I'm getting it for, for 6 bucks. What has the reaction been like, Emmett? Uh, it's been really positive, actually. It's awesome. Um, just the amount of people that are standing at the door in the morning is crazy to me. Like, uh, seriously, <laughs> a lineup. We have about 80 seats, and uh, pretty much every morning, as soon as I open the door right at 9 a.m., uh, every seat fills right up, and then there's a couple people waiting. So, um, Okay, so you got a lineup every morning. Yeah, pretty uh, well. Many- and, you know, it's uh, it's really transferred into the night, too, like you said. Just the the word of mouth and the being in that zeitgeist a little more. Everybody's talking <laughs> about us. It's transferred to our our lunch and dinner are already pretty busy, but now it's just cracking. So yeah, good for you. How many breakfasts did you sell this morning? Uh, this morning, actually, we filled up just about one and a half times, so we probably did about 150. But like I said, today felt uh, today felt kind of slow and boring compared to the other days. I think uh-huh. on Sunday we did about. I didn't actually look at the numbers, but I'm sure it was around 300. Okay, are you making any money on this? I mean, 5.95 for bacon and eggs and hash browns and toast. There can't be much of a profit margin there. Uh, not really. Yeah, I uh. think we're probably making more money selling coffee right now than we are breakfast. But we're pretty lucky in the sense that it's you know it's me, my mom, my dad, my sister, my wife comes out and helps out, and so we're not paying ourselves any extra. If I mean, if we had to, with the cost of labor these days, if if we had to bring in a whole bunch of staff for this, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it would be cutting it. So, yeah, I started. I was wondering about that because you not only got the cost of the food, and it sounds like this is a quality breakfast you're serving here, but then you've got you've got your staff, you've got you know the overhead to run the restaurant. I mean, you're probably. I mean, maybe you're. Are you losing money on this, or maybe just breaking even on it? Uh, you know, we'll find out at the end of the month <laughs> when the credit card bills come. I think. <laughs> yeah. What do people think? Like, what have people been telling you? I mean, obviously, people are happy. You know, what I'm really happy to see is a lot of people saying, I'll be happy to come back and pay full price for this. Or I've seen people that come in the morning and come in the evening. We have a lot of people. uh, We've actually had this building for quite some time. And after COVID, it was closed. It used to be a bar. So the whole bar thing, pub, they had us closed down for a little longer than the rest of the restaurants. And uh, so we ended up changing the whole concept and, and renovating and stuff. So we changed the inside, but not the outside. So a lot of people didn't really know we had reopened yet. So mm. trying to get, you know, even with Facebook ads and radio ads, and you still don't hit every corner of the town. So this one, this one definitely did it for us. Yeah, so that's interesting. So instead of advertising, uh, you, you offer a $5.95 bacon and egg meal instead. Boy, that seems to work better than the advertising. Just word of mouth, right? Yeah, well, I will yeah. say it's, like it's definitely a multi-prong attack like we do run radio ads not particularly for this uh our local radio is awesome we love mm-hmm. them and uh i did run a facebook ad so uh, it's uh it takes a couple different angles i guess to really make it work speaking to amit bindra owner of the ohm is that how you pronounce it amit ohm it's, it's ohm like you're meditating like ohm 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 yeah yeah ohm while you're eating that six dollar bacon and eggs man that's totally <laughs> Yeah, I'd be going home for that. I mean, it's a good-looking breakfast for sure. Amit Bindra is the owner of the restaurant. And, like, for people, this is such a tough economy, right? I mean, we've got inflation. It's so expensive to go out and to go out for a meal right now. Would you say, like, that's really connecting with people? Like, people are showing up and saying, oh, my God, I can actually afford this. I think big time. I know right now times are tough, and times are tough for the restaurant industry and for everybody, really. So... I think people like to see that uh, 
you know, we, we get it. We understand that uh, not everybody has 30 or more dollars to spend on dining out. And especially yeah. we've had some reviews on Google. So I guess we're kind of the only people that see them other than somebody that might be looking was uh, a lady. She's coming a couple of times now. And she had said, you know, I haven't been able to take my family out with my kids because uh, we haven't been able to afford it for, you know, a few years now. And this is the first time, like, it's been so nice to be able to get out and have my kids who are young who probably don't even remember the last time they're out at a restaurant to be able to enjoy that atmosphere kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that must be nice to hear because this is even cheaper than, like, is this cheaper than uh, a breakfast extra, uh, an egg McMuffin extra value meal at, McDo- at McDonald's? It's got to be. Uh, like, I'm looking at I'm looking at my DoorDash on my phone right now, and it says an an egg McMuffin, um, a sausage McMuffin extra value meal. So with a hash brown. And cup of coffee is like ten dollars and twenty nine cents. So you even got yeah. McDonald's beat. Well, and even if if you get our full breakfast with a coffee, it's nine ninety two. Nine ninety two. Okay. Well, that's what you said. Well, like you said, okay, the coffee's not included, but you're so you're making a little money on the coffee. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, you got. Well, it you depends got it. how many refills they get, I guess, because we don't charge on the refills. Oh, but. you got free refills. Yeah, free refills. Oh, I love Just that. Just on the. Uh, we got specialty coffees too. I think that's really that's really picked up as well. A lot of people ordering like lattes and things like that. So that's been nice for us. Yeah, and you mentioned that you know you guys are open in the for lunch and in the evening for dinner. You open for dinner too, right? Yeah, we're open now from nine a.m. till ten p.m. every day. We're actually right across the street from our uh, local convention center and WHL rink. So on the weekends when there's concerts or hockey games, uh, we still have a license till two, so we stay open as long as uh, as long as people are willing to hang out. Oh, man, you guys are working hard there. Um, so would you say now, I think you touched on this briefly, the success of this $6 breakfast, has that sort of carried over into the sort of the lunch and dinner hours too? Yeah, I think it definitely has. Again, yeah. a lot of people uh, weren't even sure that we had opened yet, and we actually moved our other main steak restaurant that was around for, you know, 20-plus years in Prince George. We moved it into the same building, so a lot of people uh they they hadn't been over yet, and now they've they've made their way. So, okay. And are people leaving you a good tip? I mean, you go in there, you get a six dollar breakfast. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. At least, I hope they leave you a nice tip on top of that. Uh, you know, it uh, it comes and goes. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, sure. Ten percent on six bucks isn't a lot, but it's not uh, a lot. No, a lot of a lot of people do understand that. You know, they're they're tipping on a very highly discounted item. So, I what I have noticed is a lot more cash tips for the girls in the front there. Yeah, that, that's nice. Okay, Amit, it, this is uh, it, this is not a forever deal, though, right? This is what this is a limited time until offer. Till the end of the month, yeah, just till the end of the month. The next month, we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a similar one, but not as much of a steal. We're doing our cheese omelet, hash browns, and toast for uh, twelve ninety five. Okay, okay, well, that sounds yeah. pretty good too. Okay, even can... if we get half the people in the door, we'll still be okay. Okay, congratulations on your success with it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Mike Smith Show podcast. Can't wait for the latest episode to drop. Tune into the show live from 9 to noon on 980 CKNW. Want to reach out to me personally with a question or comment? Send me an email, mike at cknw.com. Thanks again for listening.